Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 304, the final Tennessee turkey tag. And I am your co-host and the guy who does not have COVID-19. And I'm your co-host, and the guy who's gone viral in the wrong way. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah. Well, Wait a minute. You're not laughing. So maybe I am laughing at you. If you can tell by Andy's introduction, one of us has the disease, the plague, the certain death waiting in the shadows. Cameron, I can tell you that you know I haven't known you terribly long. I've known you for several years now, and I've enjoyed our time together. You know, I've enjoyed our hunts that we've had together. I've enjoyed our time talking and doing this podcast together. It's really been great knowing you. I don't know when the funeral will be. It's uh, just a matter of days now, so I thought I'd record one last podcast because I am a COVID patient. I'll steer clear. If you're listening to this podcast, you should probably get tested because... It may come through to your ears. Well, and we're making light of something 
that we know a lot of people have suffered with severely. A lot of people have died from. And we're not really making fun of the illness and the people who have struggled and died from it. We're making fun of the way that this illness has been treated overall and portrayed the media and (laughs) so exactly how it's been portrayed by almost all of the sources as you know if you even write the word you will die from it but you know it's it is something serious and Cameron I'm really glad to hear that you and your wife have not suffered from a lot of the symptoms of the illness. And, you know, I think it's a testament to your overall health, which goes back to what we talked about, oh, two, three weeks ago with the exercise thing. And, you know, your youth has something to do with that as well. And so, you know, I really am glad that it's, that you guys have not had any more issues with it than what you have had. Yeah. So a little backstory for the listeners this past Friday, uh, my wife tested positive for COVID-19, and subsequently I tested, actually I haven't tested positive, but I definitely have it as of Sunday. So she had some nausea symptoms and a little bit of fever early on, and then I had fever for one day, about 101, both pretty tired for that day. We both just kind of laid around the house, and now today we both woke up and neither of us can smell or taste. But other than that, we're both feeling a lot better today. I don't have any fever, neither does she. Her nausea is gone. We literally just can't smell or taste. My energy levels are back. I actually exercised today. And yeah, I mean, the only thing I have is every now and then I'll have like a little bit of a cough. And it's not, obviously I haven't coughed since we've been on here. So it's not all the time, but every now and then it will hit me. But that's about it. I mean, the only big downside is I had a squirrel recipe I've been preparing for three days, put it in the crock pot this morning. I was, I was pumped. I was wondering why I didn't smell anything, but I was pumped about my squirrel recipe, put it in the crock pot, got it all ready to go, chopped up all the vegetables, put it all in there. The onion didn't make me cry for once. Hmm. Yeah, that should have been tip off number one. Exactly. Put everything in the crock pot, set it to go. You know, it's going to cook all day. It's almost done now. But then I poured myself a big cup of black coffee, took a swig, and I was like, man, this is weak. I didn't realize I made it this week. It just tastes like (laughs) hot water. (laughs) Took another couple sips. I was like, this is weird. My coffee sucks this morning. Then I go in there and brush my teeth, and I was like, all right, something's up. I can't even taste the toothpaste. Mm -hmm. So Audrey woke up. She's got the same thing going on. So that kind of sucks, but it's going to give me a good excuse to get rid of a lot of duck breasts in my freezer. (laughs) I'm just going to not even season them and pan sear them and hope my taste buds don't come back (laughs) until they're gone. Well, you still, you still are going to have to make them to where they're not tough. I guess. I mean, who cares if you got to chew on a little more, a little extra jaw exercise. I mean, you can't taste, you can't taste, man. I, I thought about it, I was like, well, at least put some salt on them. And then I was like, why? It doesn't matter. I mean, I've, I've seen videos of other people. I haven't experimented this myself, but they're just, they'll just take a bottle of vodka and take a big swig out of it. And it's, you know, doesn't even phase them. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, so we're dealing with that. But overall, I think we're feeling fine right now. I mean, who knows? It might relapse on us tomorrow or something. So I hope. 
update y'all again next week on how our health goes, but so far so so good on it. I think we're both in the road to recovery and hopefully it'll be done with soon. Yeah. And you know, of course my mom decided to bring us over a delicious home cooked meal with homemade cinnamon rolls and a fresh baked loaf of bread all today now that my sense of taste and smell is gone. So Yeah. It yeah. does have its drawbacks. If you want to get full enjoyment of that meal that your mom cooked, you could always sit it out on your front porch step and I'll be there in about three and a half hours. Yeah. And I'll let you know how it was. It's going to be, I'm tempted to just freeze everything as is and and try this again another day. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to say what I would do if I were in your shoes, but I, I would be a heavy lean to do that. Yeah. Well, I'll let y'all know how my squirrel recipe turns out. I have a feeling it's going to be a little bland. Yeah, maybe a little bland. You know, you should try some of these interesting foods from around the world, like haggis or, <laughs> you know, st- just different foods like that while you can't taste. And then that way you can tell people, I've tried it. I didn't think it was bad at all. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about getting just a whole sack of Carolina Reaper peppers and just put a video of me eating them like candy. I wonder if that would work. That would be, so my luck would be I'd get about three in and then taste buds would come roaring back and then I would be in complete and absolute agony. Yeah, well, the thing, (laughs) I think the reason you would be in absolute agony is, oh, 24 to 36 hours later. When nature Another calls. part of my body may not be exactly feeling. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> You'd have to keep a fire extinguisher next to the commode. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, man, we have gotten so so far off a topic and down a rabbit hole. It's it's yeah. crazy, but you know, again, in all seriousness, you know the it it can be a very deadly illness. For a lot of people and i i am yeah, glad that you guys absolutely. are not going through near the symptoms to cause any of that so we'll, yeah. we'll continue to keep you in our prayers and hope that you yeah. don't have any kind of a relapse yeah i sure hope i don't either yeah so before we get into an actual hunt did you know that we are 206 days 12 hours 47 minutes and 15 seconds away from what we may think is opening day of turkey season in alabama well in that case then we must be 220 days 12 hours 22 minutes and 18 seconds from what we know is opening day of tennessee opening season so you know i mentioned that and yeah i was gonna say why'd you phrase it that way the reason that I phrased it that way is I'm hearing, I'm not even going to call it a nasty rumor because I'm hoping that it ends up being the truth, but I'm hearing that Alabama season could possibly be delayed in starting yeah. and that we might possibly not be 206 days away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama, but be more like 217 days away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama with an April 1 start. Wow. And I'm going to whisper this because if I say it too loud, it will not happen. Just like when I say regarding work, 
oh yeah, I'm going to take off early, you know, take off at one o'clock Friday afternoon and go hit the woods. If yeah. I say that out loud, I'll be working until 7 p.m. So yeah. I don't say that out loud. So I'm going to whisper this in hopes that it really does happen. I hear talks that the bag limit may be reduced to three birds. Holy cow. So it sounds like Alabama listened to our podcast the other night. I'm sure it had everything to do with it. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, I really think that would be a, a big win for your state. It would be a big win for the state. And, you know, really, it would bring us more in line with the states around us. And that's what we need. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get on it again. But when you're one state surrounded by states that have three bird limits and you're at a five bird limit, what are you doing? You are begging hunters from those states around you to come to your state when they tag out. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that they still won't because they can come to your state, buy a license, and still kill three birds. But, again, if your season opens after theirs does and goes out right around the time that theirs does, or maybe it even lasts a week longer, I don't think you're going to draw a lot of those hunters from out of state into your state to hunt. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's going to be interesting about that is I'll be interested to see the impact that has on Mississippi, Georgia, and North Florida, because yeah. a lot of people like to start their season early who live above those states, and Alabama used oh, to yeah. be one of those destinations. So now those hunters are going to have to go to one of those three. Yeah. You so, will, and, you know, you, you, you look at that and you say that, that should be a main factor in the decision of the the powers that be to make the season dates. But really, the season date should be set based on the science. And we know yeah. what the science yeah. is, you know. Yep. So let's set it to that. Let's let a secondary or additional benefit of moving the season back later in the spring be that we don't pull in a lot of hunters from out of state. But you got to think that Mississippi, Georgia would pretty much do the same thing within the next couple of years and follow suit. Mm-hmm. One so. would hope. That that sounds great. I hope I hope that happens because I think Alabama could use it, and that should line up a lot better with the biology of the bird and their reproductive habits, and will most likely save a lot of turkeys. Yeah. Future. Yeah. And so yeah, you'll have to keep us updated on that if they do actually pass that into law. I will, and I will be writing a very short and sweet letter to my representative for the Conservation Advisory Board in the state of Alabama to let him know that I've heard that this rumor is floating around and I am big time in favor of it. Yeah. So anyway, we've talked about Alabama and what we might be doing in 200 and some odd days, but you're going to share with us something that happened in Tennessee, oh, about 100 days ago. Yeah, so this was my fourth and final bird of the Tennessee season. I haven't shared with y'all my third turkey. I believe I've shared both my first and second one from 2020, but I'm Mm. going to save the third one for a little bit later. And this happens the day after I get back from Texas. So I drove... Audrey and myself, I drove the whole way from Texas. We got home around 1.30, 2 in the morning. I had work the next day. 
So obviously I got up at 4.30 to go turkey hunting and went to a little spot where I had heard some birds gobbling pre-season I had not been to yet because, Mm -hmm. as I've said on here before, when I kill a turkey somewhere, I'm done there. I'm moving elsewhere. I'm not hunting that spot again. Somebody else can go in there and kill every other one of them, but it won't be me. Yeah. So I'm trying to conquer new ground at this point because I've exhausted three of my places with my first three birds. And so I'm on to number four. And so I went to this place where it's a swamp. I mean, we're talking swamp and not a very big piece of it. It was public ground and it's not a very big piece. I've never hunted it before. And I went, and it was pretty flooded when I went. There was a lot of water. So I put on my hip boots, walked in there, and there's a opening kind of at the beginning of it. And I didn't see any other vehicles where I parked. So I was like, oh, heck yeah, you know, I got it to myself. Wrong. I get in there, and I'm standing at the open area to listen is what I was going to do. was, you know, it starts getting a little bit gray, and light starts creeping in. I look to my right and there's a guy standing there about 40 yards away. <laughs> I look to my left, there's a guy standing there about 80 yards away. And I look to his left and there's a guy standing there about 120 yards away. So there's four of us standing there listening. <laughs> I talked to the guy to my right and he's like, oh yeah, my two buddies are past those two guys in the back corner back there. Wow. Like, man, all right, this is a, you know, Tuesday morning. Got him surrounded. Yeah, I was like, if he gobbles, God rest his soul. (laughs) (laughs) So at that moment, I decided, okay, if everybody, and this is where I think my, like, this is why I think I had a success on this hunt that you're going to hear. My brain worked pretty quick in this. I'm pretty proud of like how smart I felt after this. But I was like, everybody's standing right here. I bet this is where everybody's been standing and listening every day of the season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone's accessing this piece of property from this spot. I still have 30 minutes before fly down. I'm like, these people might get mad that I'm about to do this, but I'm literally about to just shag tail through the woods to the complete other end of this thing back to the where the water is yeah which is a little over a mile so i just put my head down and walked all the way to the other end of the property and started listening again didn't hear anything but i at least felt alone at this point how big is this piece of property it's probably 300 400 acres okay uh, in the particular block that i was hunting it's kind of in blocks okay and this block was 400 acres probably and i mean there's a lot more to it than that but you know it can be kind of choppy especially with like water running through it and stuff right yeah because i mean there's a pretty sizable creek or river whatever you want to call it that even with my hip boots i wouldn't be able to cross so it is mostly cypress and i mean it's flat it's just a complete bottom actually it's 300 acres i just measured it okay so from where I'm on my Onyx app right now, I'll tell you. So from where I started the morning, I walked three quarters of a mile is where mm-hmm. I stopped walking and decided, all right, I'm, if there were any turkeys in these woods, I'm on the other side. And my thought process was, there's a gobbler in here. He is so conditioned to being called to from that other side. Right. <laughs> and... Because, I mean, it was, you know, day 15, day 16 of turkey season. If he's in here and he's still living, he knows not to go that way. 
<laughs> so I want to be on the other side because I bet nobody else is coming from this side. Um, so I started listening. Nothing off the roost. I heard one bird gobble way off on private land that I couldn't hunt. So I just kind of wait, wait till it gets really good and light, and I know nothing's going to gobble on the roost, and whatever's in there is flown down. And I just start easing around. I mean, every step as if, you know, a turkey's around the next tree kind of thing. Yeah. With my hip boots, I'm trying not to slosh in the water and uh, crossing little beaver runs and things like that. The hip boots really came into play. Another thing I think that gave me an advantage was the hip boots, because if you didn't have those on, you would have been sopping wet by the time you got to where I was. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped a lot. And so this audio is going to pick up. I was easing through. I just crossed a little creek or a slough. It was more of a slough and hit my mouth call and 90 yards away right on top of me and he's between where i am and the place where all the other people are so at that point i'm feeling pretty good yeah and so i moved up maybe another six to seven yards and found one of the only trees in there that didn't have water under it it kind of had a you know the ground was built up around the tree a little bit enough to where i could put my seat down and not be sitting in water yeah. And I just sat down right there and thought, you know, hey, he's, if he's living in here, this is one swamp joker. He doesn't mind walking through water. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah if, he, if he's making it in here, he's having to walk through water somewhere. And so I sit down and get my gun propped up and ready to rock. I turn on my audio and I start calling some and you'll hear a hen yelps back to me. And that's where things get interesting. So we'll go ahead and hop in here and start this hunt out and y'all listen in and i'll come back in a little bit and explain what i'm seeing and the situation and then we'll play the rest of the hunt for you cool we'll see you guys about halfway through this hunt
All right, that is all that we have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of Cameron's final Tennessee turkey tag hunt, and you just have to trust me on this, you do. <laughs> then you can do that in one of two ways. Cameron, tell us about the first way. First way is the best way. You're not only going to get this week's hunt, you're going to get all our past hunts we've posted and all our interviews. All you have to do to do that is become a premium subscriber to the Turkey Hunter podcast. To do that, you're going to text the word Turkey Hunter, one word, no spaces, Turkey Hunter, to the number 44222. Andy's going to send you some texts. He's going to get you all set up. You're going to get your account with the Podbean app, and you'll have access to all the premium content for all the episodes that we've ever done and 
all of the episodes for the next 52 weeks. So that's 52 weeks of content that's new and countless hours of old. So you want to do that. If you need a trial run, you can do what Andy's about to tell you to do. The oh, tr- and you need to pay $18 a year. <laughs> <laughs> minor detail. Minor details. The money's always minor. Yes. Yeah, says the salesman. At that rate, it is pretty minor, so... Exactly. Well, yeah, 18 bucks. we're not going to consider that to be major, so no doubt. Well, if you would like to listen to the rest of this week's hunt with Cameron, and $18 is major, but you just want to test drive it and see what you're going to get for the 18 bucks, you can test drive it for $0.99 cents by going to the turkeyhunterpodcast.com looking for episode number 304 PS that PS stands for premium single and you can purchase that one episode from the website and listen to the rest of this week's hunt it's a good one and really 99 cents for another oh 30 minutes worth of entertainment is pretty inexpensive. So the other thing too, you know, you and I dropped a little nugget after this hunt was over. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's a big nugget, but you guys, if you get this week's premium episode, you're going to hear that little nugget too. And heck, if you put another turkey in your vest this year because of this little nugget that we're sharing, then it's well worth way more than 18 bucks for the annual premium subscription or 99 cents for this week's episode. So again, you're getting a lot of great content for a little bit of money and neither Cameron nor I think you'll be disappointed with that. Anyway, it was a pretty awesome hunt. I was just sitting there and I was like, I cannot believe I'm tagged out on four different pieces of property. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have to double up on any of them and let me think. Every bird I killed, there was another one either with him or right, you know, I at least heard another bird right there with him. So I know there was somebody to help reproduce, hopefully, even in the absence of the one I killed in each area. So I know those, those should be good spots to go back to next year. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I do that strategy. One, it's more fun to hunt them in different terrains and different places. And two, it gives you a way to keep hunting like the same area year after year and there will be birds there (laughs) yeah so that's been something that's really worked for me and i think overall helps the turkey population because if i go in and murder four out of the same hundred acres that's gonna be anyway that was a pretty sweet swamp gobbler that's where my for me that's that's the ultimate hunt you know, other people like certain terrains. Down in the swamp, in the cypress trees, wearing my hip boots, that is home to me. Yeah. That's what I grew up doing. That's where I killed my first bird. That's just what, that's it for me. That's the pinnacle of turkey hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that hunt was a heck of a way to end it. I was sad to not be able to tote my gun anymore, even though it was only April 14th in Tennessee, but not too sad. I just toted the cell phone camera the rest of the season <laughs> yeah hey get it in what any way you can oh i mean i'm not 
gonna if I knew it was a two year old bird, which this one wasn't, but if I knew it was a two year old, I'd still shot him. I'm not passing up a long beard when I get a chance and I have a tag available. Yeah. I'll shoot him and then I'll go film turkeys the rest of the year. I, I don't care. But I'm not trophy hunting for turkeys. I'm more about the experience than the size of the spurs and beard. Although I enjoy really long spurred turkeys. Sure. Yeah. But we all I've like to outwit that girl. boss. Yeah. I mean, I've had two-year-olds whoop the soup out of me, too, so <laughs> yes. they're all special. Yes, indeed. I think we all will take those two-year-olds no matter how we can get them. <laughs> Always. Mm. But anyway, that was how I wrapped up my gun-carrying portion of Tennessee season, and couldn't have ended it better, and glad I got to share it with you guys. I know there wasn't much gobbling, per se, in this episode, but the hand talk was pretty sweet. And it was a fun hunt. I mean, that was intense. Anytime even a hen is within 10 yards of you, I mean, that is a adrenaline rush. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Trying to keep your composure and not move. Or, I mean, I'm trying not even to blink. And I don't, I won't even look at her, you know? Yeah, I'm like you. I don't want, I don't want to make eye contact. Yeah, I don't even want to look at her. She might see my eyeballs move when I look at her. Like, I... Those suckers can pick it. I don't know what it is. I mean, do you have any theory on that? Do you think they can smell you? Or there's something when they get in that ultra close range, even if you are still as can be in a blind, whatever it is, they sense you're there. Yeah. Well, you know, some people would say they can sense your electromagnetic field. I don't know how much I buy into that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's we're really no different if you think about it. Because you, and especially because you hunt, but you can feel when something's not right, when you're being watched. Mm -hmm. And I think that us hunters really have that, that sense because we rely on it so much. Something yeah. is out of the ordinary, but you don't, your brain doesn't pick up on it immediately because your eyes don't identify it, but you know something's not right. And then all of a sudden... From behind that tree that you just have that feeling about outsteps the buck that you've been waiting on. Yeah, that's right. Or the doe, in my case, that you've been waiting on. Yeah, and, that spike and, just stepped. Yeah, I mean, it's just they, the turkeys have to have that in order to survive. Yeah, look I think at, they have a heightened sense of it. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at how camouflaged bobcats are. Mm, and how how low and steady they can move they are incredible hunters mm -hmm. any feline is an incredible hunter and if turkeys don't have that sense i just don't know that turkeys survive mm. i guess i mean i guess that's it, it it's just a it's nuts to me because like she knew i was there yeah yeah well it's one of those mysteries about wild turkeys and about hunting and about deer and any other critter that we hunt that we'll never know the truth of but you know we can we can all just speculate about it but it's there's something to it something there's something there mm -hmm. for sure yes indeed well cool right, yeah. well, well thanks for sharing that with us i i really appreciate that yeah. i know the listeners enjoyed that that was a lot of fun and i guess you know we need to get you completely over covid <laughs> And yeah, one. get you back to work sometime soon. But 
it's your turn for the favor of the week. And I'm oh, glad it's man. not a, a fever induced favor of the week. Oh, oh, I don't know, man. My mm-hmm. cough's coming on now. Mm-hmm. All right. The favor of this week is go back to the old well, like or share this hunt. Who doesn't enjoy listening to a live turkey hunt? You don't have to watch it. You can tell what's going on by my description and the audio. You know what's happening. Share it with somebody who you think might enjoy audio of turkey hunting. Somebody who loves turkey hunting. Maybe they have a job where they listen to podcasts or music all day. Hmm. Or if they're driving a lot and they can't watch it. Share this with them and tell them, hey, you can listen to turkey hunts. This is a cool, cool way to participate in a turkey hunt without having to use your eyeballs. So maybe check that out and share it with a couple people. That would be the favor of the week. We would greatly appreciate it. And I think your friends would too, if they enjoy this type of hunt. Awesome. All right. Well, then it's time we wrap this one up. Wrap it up. Take us home. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.